Welcome back to What the Tech Just Happened. Today, we're covering the latest news in tech, including tech giants that are competing for esports stars. We're saying goodbye to a tech pioneer, Clayton Christensen, and talking about the little things like is Windows 7 really end of support life? And is Apple getting ready to ditch the lightning cable? Stay tuned for this episode of What the Tech Just Happened. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Penny. How are you? I'm good. It's uh, it's sunny out. Well, no, it's not sunny out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, it's not sunny out, but it is not snowing, which I, is I think so that's, unusual for I us. I think that's what I meant. So I was actually, it's funny that I just said that because last night I was having, um, I felt like I was having a brain issue a little bit. So there was an advertisement for the Super Bowl and I like the teams were starting to arrive and I said to my husband, I'm like, oh, I completely forgot about the football. <laughs> 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 and then the my uh, two-year-old's food was really hot and I was like oh no no we have to wait I was like, we have to wait for it to freeze or something like that instead of cool down. Like my my brain is All like mashables going on yeah. in your head. <laughs> so it's not sunny out, which also means it's not snowing. But what I meant to say is it's actually light out. So we'll call um, it a penophore. A penophore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, okay, I I want to talk about something that I just found. Um, I chuckled a little bit when I was uh, catching up uh, about what the tech had just happened over the last week. Uh, January 14th or 13th? 14th. 14th. Yeah. Oh, I should have gone with my gut. Right. Um, was Windows 7 end of support life. We have had a ton of episodes about it. Um, if you still haven't moved to Windows 7, you can go back and check out um, making the shift to a modern device, or what does it what does it actually mean uh, when in Windows ends uh, support life? But there was a a bug. <laughs> which, yes, there was. This is why I love Microsoft. There was what, was it a bug though, or is it a conspiracy? <clears throat> Let's talk about that. Oh, interesting, <laughs> interesting theory. So there apparently was a bug that was affecting Windows Seven users, and such a small thing, but it was skewing their desktop images. So it was basically stretching um, the image and creating a a visual disturbance if if you may um, so we call that VD <laughs> no we don't, no, we don't of <laughs> in the tech world we do <laughs> uh, um, but so uh, so window Microsoft obviously needed to uh, fix the problem and their original plan was to just send out the update to or the patch to those who had done that extended support license that we've talked about a few times, that if you're a company or an enterprise and you don't wanna move off seven, but you wanna make sure you maintain security, you can get that extended license. Well, overnight, out of nowhere, Windows just decided anyone that's on Windows seven is gonna get this um, patch to fix the, the desktop image problem. So while uh, Windows seven may technically be end of support life, we did see a support um, upgrade be pushed out by Microsoft. <laughs> now, so that article, though, it's really interesting. They, it, it, I think something happened too. When you download the patch, it also wiped out your your desktop image, and so you had a black screen on there. Did you read about that's, that? That's that's probably what I mean by it messed up your desktop. Okay. So that's the so official that's the term. BD. That's the. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is the VD. Okay. All right. And um, so, so reading on with that, it said uh, a full screen notification will appear that describes the risk of continuing to use Windows 7 service <laughs> pack after it reaches the end of support on January 14th. Yep. And the notification will remain on the screen until you interact with, with it. And yeah. that, so that, that's what Microsoft's telling us. Yeah. So that might have been your last upgrade or update for Windows 7. So now is the now. time. Okay. Now so is the redo time. redo everything. Redo. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back and we'll mark it what January, it was like what around the 25th or 27th that happened? Yeah. Around Somewhere there. around there. Yep. Um, so we'll, we'll mark that rough date uh, being the official end of Windows 7. Perfect. Um, rewrite history. Rewrite history. <laughs> um, and other news, while we're talking about uh, major manufacturers with operating systems, there's a um, news story. This is, I believe, out of Europe um, in terms of a, a court decision, potentially, if I've got my facts right, um, where Apple might uh, be ditching the lightning cable. So- wow. What I find really interesting is, and um, I, I guess I can say this, it's my personal opinion. I always found that because Apple didn't play in the sandbox with other products, I found myself not really using Apple products. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I felt like you had to either be fully immersed in Apple to really have the experience of, you know, a seamless transition from phone to laptop to TV. Um, so we have Apple technology. Like I do have a Mac at home. I do have an Apple TV at home. I do have an iPhone for work. My husband does have an iPad. <laughs> so we have that, but I haven't um, been an avid user of it. Um, and one of the reasons- Sounds like you're an avid <clears throat> no, user No, 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 I'm not. It. I'm not. My husband is because he's big into music. So he- okay. He really likes it because it, the whole iTunes thing, you really couldn't go outside. Right. Now that there's Apple it. Music and Spotify and all that, he's been able to sort of pull back from it. But um, one of the most annoying things about Apple for a long time was the charging cable. Mm -hmm. And not for a long time, in most recent times, is the charging cable. Right, because the they, older, older one was, was more universal than the new one that they came out with. Yeah, and kind of even back then, everyone had their own type. Right. Like every phone had a different charging cable and old phones had even, you know, that, I don't know the name of it, but I'm, <laughs> I'm twiddling that, my fingers that, like that Rob little, has any that, idea that what little I'm tiny thing, thingy. Yeah, the little tiny thingy. Yes. <laughs> um, Technical but term. so a lot of, a lot of tech pro uh, products are going to the USB-C cable. Um, we, I'm looking at your soundboard. You have a USB-C cable. Yep. My laptop um, is run off of USB-C. Um, for my charging station. And I think a lot of tech products from computer manufacturers down to cell phone manufacturers are starting to use USB-C. And so- Becoming the standard now. Becoming the standard. So that's what the, the case in Europe is, is they're saying, okay, Apple, it's time to be universal. If, if all of our tech products, and I'm sure there's an official reason why it's good, but if all of this is going to be universal and everything else has the same way and same mechanism to charge, so will you. I, I think a lot of these companies now are, are willing to adapt <clears throat> instead of being so proprietary. Right. Because uh, if you, know, you look at Sony, we can cite a number of examples where their 
hardware and software was proprietary and it really hurt them mm -hmm. in the marketplace. And everybody said, okay, forget it. We're going to do our own thing. And then they were kind of left uh, playing catch up after that. Right. One of the ones is, you know, iTunes and, um, and, and Apple, when they came out with their devices, um, you know, when they, when they first came out with their devices, Sony had a rival device and they actually had the market share. They owned Sony mm -hmm. music, which had a, a larger collection of music than what Apple had at the really? time. Really? But Apple absolutely ate their lunch because they came out with the experience, right. with the iTunes experience yeah. that Sony just didn't have at the time. And they didn't adapt to it. And they also had all their proprietary equipment there. And people, as you can see, they, they adopted Apple very quickly. And they said, yes, this is, this mm -hmm. is what we want. So Interesting. Yeah. I, I'm always fascinated by, by the the changes that companies have to make, like conform. Everyone does something to really stand out and their be differentiator and their differentiator and their differentiator ends up being what needs to conform to be like everybody right. else. <laughs> I just, I find it fascinating. We talked to a few weeks ago, we mentioned the whole thing about cable. Everyone's cutting the cord for cable and getting all of these individual streaming services and individual channels that have streaming services. And I know in 10 years, it's just going to all be rebundled and repackaged yeah, in a different that. way. I, I hope yeah. not. I, I hope that they keep that, that custom level going because I that's what so makes too. it fun. I hope so too. Okay. Um, on to a little bit heavier. Well, before it. you do oh, that, though, you I, want I, me to, okay. I'm going to say I'm going to segue <laughs> over segue to, to something else because um, th there's another thing that's kind of hit the airwaves, and that's Apple wanted to end uh, wanted to have an end to end encryption on the iPhone. Yes. And um, the FBI actually stepped in and said, uh, no, 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 we, we're not going to have you do that because they really felt that it was going to hinder investigations on certain cases that they had. So Apple, after going back and forth, they, Apple decided to scrap that for now. You know, who knows what's going to happen in the future? Um, but they, they were saying that Apple scrapped the plans to let its customers fully encrypt backups of their phone to iCloud after the F FBI said it would hamper investigations, according to a records report. So U.S. Attorney General William Barr called on Apple to unlock two iPhones that were used by a Saudi, a, a Saudi Air Force officer who shot and killed three people in Florida on a Florida naval base last month. Yeah. Uh, so the end-to-end -end -end encryption is meant to stop hackers but it would also have meant that Apple would no longer have the encryption key to read a person's data. So the company also couldn't fork over the goods to law enforcement anymore. So they 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 opted not to, as they said, quote unquote, poke the bear. And right. they, for now, they decided we're not going to offer end to end encryption. Well, I remember there's been a few stories about, uh, you know, over the years where there's been some sort of whether it's terrorism or an incident that happens just on our so like people being crazy um, where there's information on an, on an iPhone and Apple has said, no, we're not giving you like, that was the, the passcode thing. Like if you try to put in your passcode X number of times, the phone locks down and you can't access anything. Right. And Apple was refusing to hand over those passwords or yeah. give them the key, the, the key in order to get that information. Yeah. Um, so, so we, it straddles that fine line between, you know, personal information and, and what's protected under those acts and, you know, what is going to hamper an investigation of this magnitude. Right. Do you think that what's on your phone, not that you're out there committing, well, who knows if you're out there committing crime? <laughs> I am not. Maybe all of your record. secrets are on your phone. Um, but do you think that if you own, if you are using a phone, and it's on a 
like a Verizon tower. It's like connected via Verizon tower. It's all of the applications and operating system is run through Apple. Do you think that you as a citizen have a right to not have that data be used against you? Uh, boy, we're gonna we're gonna get into a real heavy rabbit oh, hole. Oh, I'm here. curious. Yeah. Um, but I I do feel that if I purchased a device and I have my personal information on there and personal thoughts and contacts that I own that and that a company doesn't have the right just because they offered the software and the hardware uh, and that I purchased, I don't believe it gives them the right to be able to access my information. So I think, you know, with the privacy acts there that that should be locked down and it would take an act of, act of Congress for you to get it from me. But that's my personal opinion. Yeah, so even if you commit a crime, you believe that an act of Congress should, R- right. although well, I guess you're innocent until proven guilty and if what's on your phone proves you guilty, then. Right, and, and that's how it is. And, and that act of Congress or that legal action, they have to go through you know, whatever the processes are. So if there's just like a search warrant, you know, I look at that as this now becomes like a search warrant that right. um, if they have probable cause to break into your phone for whatever reason, then at that point, yeah, I, you know, at because we have to protect our citizens too. And if there's vital information that's on a phone that could solve a crime that could protect a lot of other citizens, then at that point, yes. But you have to go through all those steps. You can't just willy nilly say, oh yeah, I think maybe, and, and, and grab the information. So Oh no, like it's in the similar way, because the way I, what I'm equating it to is if you someone does have a search warrant for your house and you've got notebooks of information or you have a computer that they can take the hard drive out of and they can scan, why can't they do that for your phone just because a company has set up encryption that has allowed you to lock it against, it seems like Apple's an yeah. enabler. At that right, point. right, right. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I, you know, if you put it in that perspective, then I, I would agree that, yes, I think that my information would be susceptible to investigation if there was probable cause. Yeah, because so. what's on your phone is Im- like is nuts. Like I was actually mm-hmm. looking through, not your phone. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> What's on your phone is nuts. Darn you, Penny. <laughs> um, but you can go now, I you can go now on um, Google Maps or something like that and see where you've been for the last year. Like tracks where you've been in a day, what time you were there, how long you were there for. Ugh. <laughs> right? It's an, it's insane. So anyway. I spent that long at the bar? I didn't realize I know, that. I know. <laughs> I think about the, um, so think about the fights that it could solve or the fights that it could start with having that kind of I information. Think more, more fight starters <laughs> than solvers. Um, no, but that's, that's big news about the encryption yeah. end to end encryption. So I'm sorry, I kind of derailed you. So, but I no, did you didn't derail me. You actually kept me on track okay. to talk about Apple instead of having to circle back to Apple. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so, in other in other news, there was um, it's been kind of a it's been kind of a sad week um, across the board. But uh, we got word that Clayton Christensen uh, passed away at 67. Um, and uh, if you do not know who Clayton Christensen is. Um, he really is what, um, and I'm going to steal a CNN business headline here, the pioneer of disruptive innovation um, and died fairly young at 67. But um, from what I understand, Jeff Bezos, um, huge uh, fan, and uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, is it Bezos or Bezos? Bez- Be- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to do a nice memorial here Sorry. and you're going to clear. 
<laughs> no, so I, I don't know. I think everyone says it a different way. Bezos, Bezos. Okay. What did I say? Bezos? You said Bezos. Okay. I thought it was Bezos. Anyway, go I'm ahead. I'm not sure. Sorry to stop you one more. No, 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 no. That, but um, a lot of uh, tech giants that we, like, or tech leaders that we have now truly uh, looked up to Clayton Christensen. He really was a pioneer, did a lot of um, development in the space. And you actually had a really, really good um, quote about... Uh, what he has done for technology and for us as really laymen. Yeah, so so they kind of called him the pioneer of disruptive innovation. And again, uh, he did die at age 67, which is very tragic, way, way too young. And there's a quote that um, they said that kind of defines what disruption is. It said, in almost every case, a disruptive technology enables a larger population of less skilled people to do things that historically only an expert could do. Right. I thought that was a great definition of what disruption is. Absolutely. In technology. Absolutely. So, and we talk about it all the time. So there, we now have the definitive definition of it by the expert. Yeah. And he really, um, he, I like the, the, uh, he did an interview, I think in that same interview is disruptive technology. Sometimes it doesn't, it has a nice, like, catchy ring to it um, but it also has maybe a little bit of doom and gloom to it at the same time um, but he really said that disruptive technology is a is a growth opportunity it's not a right. it's not a threat um, yeah you kind of look at it as a negative but it's it's not in this case it is a positive right yeah. right it's more like the the disruption of society in terms of what technology has enabled us to right. be able to it do. It is all about enablement. Yeah, yeah, like I can grocery shop from home now. <laughs> Back to that. <laughs> I'm really sticking to that one. Okay, um, but no, it's. Uh, I think that there is a lot of um, a lot of folks in the what do we call it, the valley, the Silicon Valley area that are uh, probably we're circling back to that again. Yeah, aren't we? deeply, <laughs> deeply saddened um, by the passing of Christian um, Clayton, and uh, I think his work clearly is going to live on in other um, other leaders in the tech world that are keeping that that same vibe of what disruptive technology is and giving more knowledge and power to right. the people. A lot of best-selling books. So if you get a chance, go onto Amazon and, you know, check out what his books are. You might get enlightened by yeah. some of his insights. So. There was a big list of uh, the top books, top 45 books that tech leaders um, should read was how were all of his books on there? I, you know, I don't know. Uh, there, there were, I think there were a couple of his books on there and you'll have to look at that, which, uh, by the way, there's a post, um, uh, on, uh, where was that? There was a post on it was LinkedIn. It might've been LinkedIn yeah. and it's the top 45 books that every techie should read. And it's really an interesting list. And uh, I was telling Penny the other day, I think I went on Amazon and purchased just about every one of those books. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty awesome. So I've got uh, a couple of years of reading to do. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you actually, Rob, do you read books or do you listen to books? Uh, I do a little, I do both. So <laughs> I, I started listening to books uh, on, on audio. So we talk about technology again, because of that, you can listen to it in the car. So instead of having that mindless downtime, listening to sports radio, I've decided now to put my audio books on yeah. there, uh, which is great. But uh, I, I, I'll read them on Kindle. Um, but I also love the picking up the paperback and just, just reading, you know, curling up on a couch and reading it. So I do it yeah. always. <laughs> I don't remember the last time I bought a, a 
physical book. Oh. I listen to everything. You're missing out. But I'm well, I'm in the car for like three almost yeah. three hours yeah, you a day do, you some travel days. A so lot. <laughs> um so books are books on what is it books on tape? Dating <laughs> <laughs> yourself again. Books on phone. <laughs> uh yeah, my Audible subscription. Uh thanks Jeff Bezos <laughs> for my Audible subscription. There it is. Um, all right. What else do we have going on in the, the, uh, world of tech? Oh, oh, um, your favorite topic and quite possibly the world is esports. Yes. And from what we hear, tech giants are starting to actually compete for esports stars. Yeah. Tell and me I mean, more. Th- th- these are stories that have been out for a while now. Um, and, uh, it's kind of crazy for you. For those of you who don't know about esports, it is definitely one of the fastest growing, um, sports in the industry right now. And uh, it's crazy. You know, we talked, we touched on this a little bit, but they're talking that viewership in 2024, they're going to have more viewers. This is viewers now, not players, but viewers of esports than watch the NFL. Holy cow. It's absolutely exploding. They've had competitions now that worldwide have had over 350 million viewers. Uh, so, you know, there are platforms of Fortnite and Overwatch. So people that really know esports, which I don't, I, I'm not claiming to be an expert, but it's just an it's exploding industry. Uh, everybody's kind of jumping on board. And there are those influencers and those influencers are the people that play the games mm-hmm. and they go on these streaming platforms and people watch them. And it's just like, uh, you know, I, I, I came into the room once when my boys were just, they were all, they, they weren't playing this game, but they were watching a video on their computer of a game. And I'm like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, Ninja's on and he's playing Fortnite and this is incredible. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but these are, but these. Is that like, real? it must be like reality TV for gamers. It's gotta be, right? I, I, I have a hard time relating to it. Um, ESPN has networks now dedicated to esports, so you can come on a Saturday afternoon if there's you know if there's not traditional sports on, you can flip through the channels and come across esports, and you can watch these competitions. And it's just for so we have uh, we have an episode a couple a uh, couple weeks ago about esports. I think there was sort of a roundtable discussion on it, but just to clarify, esports is video games. Correct. It is like you said, Fortnite. Overwatch. That's, like, that's the only yeah, game Le- I know. League of Legends. <clears throat> but it's uh, not people playing sports digitally. Where well, is it? it? It could be. So it, it again, it depends on what the what the platform is that okay. they decide to to play. Most of them are the the shooter games and uh, okay. you know they have like acronyms. the first person first person first shooter. person shooter games things yeah, like that. But they do you know there are some like the Madden sports that they you know people will pick yeah because I know like play. I knew like there was huge Madden tournaments and things like that and, and i was FIFA, very familiar with that too. i think the soccer tournaments oh, were more yeah. popular than, yeah. than the football ones were because it's it's more worldwide and this you know this was coming out of the asian countries and kind of growing from there so where we were part of it but it's still huge over in the asian countries more than it is here so yeah. that's that's you know and again soccer very popular in, in that part of the world so i think what i am finding really fascinating about esports is that it has a slow, but very like over the course of the past decade, and even probably before that, because I remember the whole video game, you know, uh, playing Madden and huge groups, things like that. Um, but it's been such a slow and steady evolution to what it's becoming. It's almost like it's been laying one brick at a time yeah. to build this industry. Like you see a lot of these industries just like 
pop up out of nowhere and it explodes and you have all this fanfare and then it dies right. and goes nowhere. But esports has been just slowly climbs. trending and climbing and getting people on board with it. And it goes with the technology. So as the technology expands and, you know, we talked about 5G. So as the networks become yep. quicker, the latency becomes less, uh, then these become more and more popular. And of right. course you have dozens and dozens of coders or thousands of coders out there right now uh, that are building these games. And uh, at the at the higher education level, they have colleges now that um, are, uh, they have esports programs. So you can get scholarships and actually uh, go into nuts. their esports programs. Uh, and w w you know, we could, w w we're getting off track a little bit here, but because we could have Sorry. a whole episode tech, about yeah, it. Tech, tech giants yeah. wanting, wanting. <laughs> so, uh, so we'll circle back and we'll have, maybe we'll do a whole episode on, on esports yeah. and talk a little bit more about that. I know Tyler and, his, and their round table down in Exton did that. They did a nice job. He had uh, three or four folks that played games that know a heck of a lot more than I do. So if you get a chance, go into some of the back episodes yeah. and, and and find that one and listen to it. It's a good one. People have a lot of homework. Catch up on eSports and Windows 7 End of Life. <laughs> that's so it. So that's their homework so far. So this is a, they, they, this particular article was talking about um, some of these streaming giants. So some of these real um, personalities uh, in the eSports world. And one of the big ones, his name is uh, Jeremy Wang. That's his real name. Mm -hmm. His stage name, if you will, or his streaming name is Disguised Toast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love people who use games and computers. Oh, they have the most creative brains sometimes. <laughs> so he, he, when he was in person doing things, he would actually wear a mask. Okay, so this guy wore a mask and he wore, he's a kid, so he's in his 20s right. and whatever. Um, he made millions and millions of dollars, so you know, he's laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> um, but he became one of the top streaming stars on Twitch, which is probably one of the most popular streaming platforms, although a lot of rivals now are, are popping up. Uh, and he even had an unmasking episode, which I guess had th thousands and thousands wow. of viewers. Yeah. Um, so that drew a large audience. And he has over a million followers, and he's one of the better known gamers on the platform. And then he shocked the world when he announced in November that he was leaving Twitch to go to Facebook Gaming. Interesting. Yeah. So Facebook, that's a, you know, that's a huge deal behind the scenes. Right? Oh, without yeah. a doubt. So Facebook is a relatively, relative, ugh, relatively I, new. I there's a blooper. <laughs> relatively new um, streaming platform for these for these gamers. So it really kind of sent shockwaves through that whole industry when he when he uh, when he went over. Um, and so he, he entertained other offers too. So they're obviously behind the scenes, as you were saying, yeah. um, Amazon's Twitch, they, they caught word. So they were negotiating with them. Microsoft has their big platform, which is Mixer. And then of course, Google has YouTube. So there's a lot of people that go onto YouTube and do the streaming. So they were negotiating with him didn't get it. Facebook ended up getting it, which is just big revenue for them. So the, the deal was huge. Did you say that Twitch is owned by Amazon? Twitch is owned by Amazon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, and then there's, you know, there's a lot of other ones out there. A lot of uh, some Apple employees left and they started one called Caffeine, which is another big streaming one out there. Twitch Caffeine. Right. <laughs> Makes All sense, these gamers it? are going to be in their 50s and 60s and it's going to be called like heart arrhythmia <laughs> and, <laughs> and sleepless, like insomnia, sleepless nights. <laughs> uh, uh, Tyler Blevins, do you know that name? It sounds a little familiar. Okay, Tyler Blevins, he's a Fortnite streamer, better known as Ninja. Oh. oh yes, everybody knows a Ninja. 
So he was synonymous with Fortnite and had, ready for this, guess how many followers he had? 1.5 million. 14 million. No. Is <laughs> that crazy? That is insane. Yeah. And and so he, he ended up with really um, big deals with Adidas, Red Bull, uh, and a bunch of other ones. And he, he even wrote a 14. book. 14.5. Yeah. Wait, 14 million, not 14.5. I'm adding my 14, own point. You can add 0.5. <laughs> I'm sure it's probably 14.5 by now. <laughs> You're welcome, Ninja. <laughs> uh, he wrote a book called Get Good. It's his ultimate guide to gaming. And just, I mean, it just goes to show you these. And they're, they're washed up by, they, they say by age 25, they're kind of, they've reached their peak already. <laughs> so it's like get in, get out and live wow. the, the golden life. Well, I guess it starts so young. That makes sense. They're, they're starting even before high school. And if you're actually making a quote unquote profession out of this and taking it through college, ride it through college, graduate college, do it for a couple of years, cash in the whole way. And then go and do what you want to do after that. Yeah. It's like way less dangerous than playing football. Correct. However, yeah. just for those out there that go, oh, I'm going to do that. Remember, these literally are professional athletes. Right. And in order to get to the level that they are at, I mean, they truly have amazing hand-eye coordination. And they spend they an average of 14 hours a day practicing so this is not nuts. yeah this is not something that you, that they take lightly right. they they love it that's why they do it so long and they, they can keep it up um but this is you know there's a lot of dedication in order to get to the level that they're at you know it's you're not just going to go on and play a couple hours a day and, and get to that right. you know it's just constant so if you're out there listening and you have young children just let them play games for 14 hours a day. Is that the takeaway? And the takeaway is one day you could be the parent of a millionaire at 25. Stay in school, kids. Stay in school. No, that's really interesting. And I, I what I think I like about it is that um, schools are starting to put those programs in place yeah. to kind of give that structure around it. So if a kid truly does have, because there is a skill, I can't play video games to save my life. I Even if I played 14 hours a day, I no way I'd be good at them. But I, I do want to mention that the, you know, esports encompasses much more than just the players. That, that's a really actually a small part of what esports is because there's a whole infrastructure that's built around that. And um, there's a lot of what they call the soft skills that are built out yeah. um, because of esports. And that that's why at the K, like the K-12 level, the high school level, um, as they're building these programs, which are grassroots programs, typically um, initiated by the students. Right. Uh, and then now you're looking at the provost, they're saying, Hey, what's going on here? And they're really kind of grabbing onto it, gravitating to it and saying, this is great because this is a sector of kids that typically didn't get involved in after school activities. Yeah. And now we have something. So what like robotics did, um, with a lot of that, th those, those, uh, that group of kids yeah. that are really into technology, this esports is doing the same thing. So it helps with collaboration. It helps with teamwork. It helps with the, the other skills too, coding and yep. all of the, the STEAM STEM uh, programs that are in place. So it, it really kind of builds around that and it also gives them a platform that if they do want to pursue this, yes, they can get into the coding. They can get into um, some of the infrastructure and the data management that goes behind it uh, and the computer science that goes behind it. And they can actually get scholarships and degrees toward that at the, at the, um, at the high ed level. I love that because like you, like you're saying that those kids in another time, 
all they did was just go home and play their video games and had very little. So even before you could be on the headsets, like with your neighbors, very isolating, very lonely. Um, and then you go through your entire education and you come out and you probably have friends, but you haven't built a community around your education, what you want to do with your future. People say, oh, he just plays video games all the time. And now there's actually a pathway that even if you don't do that long term, you have that community, that education and those skills leaving college or high school. And it doesn't have that stigma anymore right, that, that it had. Like so. you are a basement dweller. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, kind of cool. I thought that was a great story. No, I think that's super cool. I love yeah. what I love what's happening around esports, and I'm excited to continue to see it grow as technology grows around it. And a quick plug, Connection has a great esports program as well. So if there's anybody out there that is yeah. interested in saying, how does my school get started, uh, you know, call us up and we'll get you hooked up. I love that. Rob, I think that's actually a great place to start. Um, we covered the news on Windows 7 to 10. You might have an update or two left coming. Uh, what's going on with Apple? VD. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on with Apple around ditching the lightning cable and end-to-end encryption with the FBI? Um, said goodbye to uh, tech leader Clayton Christensen. And then last but not least, we covered all... <laughs> There's your blooper. There's like, what's that, three bloopers? <laughs> No, we covered how tech giants are looking for influencers and now starting to um, uh, buy them, for lack of a, a better term, for their sponsorship and the growing industry of esports. And like Rob said, if you are out there and you are a um, K-12 or higher ed institution and you are interested in learning more about esports and how Connection can help you with your esports program, reach out to your account manager or give us a visit at www.connection.com. That's it for What the Tech Just Happened. You can also email us at podcast at connection.com. Awesome. Thanks for joining us and stay tuned next week to find out what the tech just happened. Thanks. Thanks.